0: Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I am your host, Robin Heppel from funeralfutures.com. We're continuing our pre-conference interviews for the ICCFA annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada from March 19th to the 22nd. Today's guest is John Callahan from FuneralSuccess.com, located in Farmington Hills, Michigan. John, are you there? I am here. Hey, John. Uh, well, welcome to Funeral Gurus.
1: Thank you. I appreciate being on.
0: Uh, this has been great. We've uh, you know, we've chatted quite a bit in the past, and I'm really looking forward to uh, finally meeting in person in Vegas. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. so this is going to be good. And um, uh, all you know, you know that uh, I'm interested in this subject, and uh, and I know you're really passionate about it. So, when I heard you're going to be presenting your uh, seven steps for developing a strategic marketing plan at the at the convention, I thought uh, you yeah, know that's going to be perfect and and uh, and well needed because uh, especially in today's environment people need to go about their marketing with a, with a strategic mindset. So, But uh, before we get into that, maybe just give the folks a little bit of background about yourself and, uh, and your company.
1: Well, basically, I'm a marketing consultant that has a specialization in the funeral home market. I've been doing this for about 10 years now, and I go in and I'll, I work with clients uh, sometimes on a, a one-on-one basis where we're going through a complete re-engineering process and other times where we're just uh, creating a, a quick strategic plan for them. And then from that will come out a variety of other uh, implementation services. Uh, could be things like running somebody's Google AdWords campaign. It could be uh, helping them optimize their web presence. There's a lot of different things that come out of it, but it all starts at the core of the strategic marketing side and getting their market message set up properly so that they can move forward with their business.
0: Cool. Well, uh, now, John, what are what do you find are the biggest problems that uh, funeral directors have with um, with their with their marketing and and why they really need to have a, a strategic plan?
1: Well, there's there's a mindset in not just funeral directors but most business owners have a mindset of, all I really need to do is reallocate my budget. You know, I'm spending X amount of dollars on the yellow pages today. That's not working. I'm going to shift that over to either online advertising or radio or something else. So it's a a reallocating of budget, which most people find that it just simply doesn't change anything. And that's because they haven't changed the underlying strategy. So the real problem that I see is that they're not addressing a core strategy of who are they trying to connect with. The other problem that funeral directors are really running into now is that the market has fundamentally changed, and it's changed dramatically to, to varying degrees around the country. You know, it, it's one way out in the Pacific Northwest where, where you're at, Robin, but it's totally different down in Florida, and it's totally different in New York. And you've got to look at your local market and understand the extent to which it's changed, and make sure that your marketing strategy is in alignment with that versus just copying what somebody in another state has found to be successful because the chances of it working in your state are very, very slim.
0: And not everyone uh, has the same things to offer too, right? So
1: Right, Exa- exactly. It's got to be a case of what I refer to as marketing is all about alignment. It's about having your business in complete alignment with what your customers need and that you can deliver it to them in a seamless way. And if you can do that, you can be successful. But if you can't get aligned with what your customers want, the chances of you being successful are incredibly slim.
0: True. No, hey John, what um could you actually just share the what are the seven steps that you're going to be sharing in Vegas? So just uh, okay. maybe highlight the those those seven
1: at Vegas, I'm going to present um, what I call my strategic marketing model, and I've changed it this year in this edition of my book to more of a circular diagram, so to illustrate to people that you have to continue; it's not a one-time shot, and that the starting point is and step number one is to clearly understand your customers' requirements. Now, exactly what is it that people in your neighborhood need? And again, it changes dramatically around the country. I've got clients that are only 200 miles apart from each other, and yet their customers are totally different. So you've truly got to look at what your customers need. And so, in the presentation, I'm going to take people through an understanding on a general basis of what today's customers want, but then also give them steps of how to look at it in their local market. The second step is that you've got to package your business in such a way that you can deliver that to the market. That means coming up with your marketing message and coming up with all of the content that you're going to use to communicate and connect with that market. The next step after that is to train your team because reality is that most people have a staff of some size and if you've got a staff that means you've got to have everybody Saying the exact same things, and they've all got to have the right philosophy of how to interact with the families, and they've got to have the right words and the right tools to use. So you've got to spend time training your team. The next step is to actually connect with families, and that's when you really get into more of the traditional marketing and advertising world of how am I going to connect with these people? How am I going to get them to my website? How am I going to once they're at the website? get them to take another step with me? How do I actually get them to pick up a phone and call me when they need to? So that's the connect with family step. The next step after that is to actually deliver the experience. And today's consumers across the board are going away from any kind of traditional funeral, and they're looking for something that's more of a memorial experience. And that's a very different thing. So you've got to be able to deliver that repeatably And at a very high level of quality. And the next step after that is to protect your reputation. Because the reality is is that any idiot with a, a computer can post something online and run you out of business the next day. So you've got to be constantly, proactively protecting your reputation these days. And then the seventh step is just to repeat. You've got to continue. When, you know, the... The judging point is, how's my business? If you're not getting the business that you need, then you are failing at one of those steps. And you go back to step one. Do I clearly understand my customers' requirements? And if I don't, then I've got to fix that problem first. You know, There's no use spending money on advertising if you don't have a very crisp understanding of what your customers want. So that's the seven steps.
0: Well, perfect. Now, uh, hopefully, John, you don't mind. I'm going to drill. See if I can drill down, drill you down on a couple of these. Just okay. To drill p- Provide a little bit, uh, um, you know, a little bit more insight. When, what about, um, you know, just identifying your target markets? Like, what, um, how, what kind of steps do you take them through, or, or maybe is there some general um, target markets that may apply to, to the majority, and then, and then there's going to be a few others that are kind of specific to the...
1: Right. I think one of the things that a lot of funeral home owners um, struggle with is coming to understanding that the, the one person who really is the key decision maker in this process is the baby boom woman. If you do not connect with her, you will never win. So on a general basis across the entire country and probably around the entire world it's really baby boom women who are making this decision and there's a ton of data that backs all that up about how women control this this purchase decision and they control all purchase decisions in most households of any size um, so you first got to come to grips with the fact that you're connecting your target audience is a female audience and then once you realize that that changes everything about your business. It changes the colors of your website, it changes the content on your website, it might even change what you wear to work every day because in some parts of the country, the baby boom woman is really turned off by a guy in a suit. So it might impact everything in your business once you come to grips with the fact that your business is about serving and connecting with the baby boom woman who is driving this purchase decision.
0: So you're telling me that she doesn't like the gray pinstripe pants?
1: Nope. <laughs> well, she might like the pants, but she's going to prefer to be see you in a sweater as opposed to a stiff suit yeah. that makes her feel like she's at an attorney's office. And one of the things things about marketing to baby boom women is that they really resent it when the person they're interacting with... Um, establishes themselves higher than them they don't like to feel like they're being put in their place rightly so and when you're showing up in a very formal stiff environment and dress that is making them feel like they're about to be told what to do so you're making them defensive the moment you walk into the room with a suit on
0: absolutely no um, like well, i i totally agree with you so um... We need to, uh, um, and there's that fine balance of, of, of kind of dressing down, but still keeping that professionalism and, and, oh, yeah. you know, I know that there's some, uh, you know, some firms have gone down to just, you know, collared shirts and, and mm-hmm. slacks just because yep. of the environment. And then, you know, maybe if you're, you know, downtown, uh, downtown New York or Chicago or Toronto, you know, that might be a little bit different, but, uh, but right. in other areas, um. You know, on the but west coast thing, you wouldn't see that
1: right an easy thing to do is go look at what your local Lexus dealership dresses like they're not in suits you walk into a Lexus dealership they're dressed very nice they they have a, a uniform per se but they're not in suits mm-hmm. because the suit bothers the baby boom woman who's really driving that purchase decision so that's an easy place to go check
0: for sure no that's that's a great idea um, what about, um, what are your thoughts on social media strategies then that they can, or, or what should they be aware of? Or,
1: Well, social media is kind of a funny thing. It's one of those parts of our society today that a lot of people ignore. And it's, it's one of those things where either you go into it and do it right or don't do it at all. Because if you get into it and you do a bad job in the social media world, it's going to hurt you more than anything else. So, if you know, putting up a Facebook page and then never do anything, doing anything with it is a complete sin in the social media world. So, if you're going to do it, do it and do it right. But to just do a half job and, and just throw something out and then check that off your list, that's just a huge mistake. And I see that happening all the time. The The number of funeral home websites that have a blog that only have two or three posts in them is kind of ridiculous. It's all over the place. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you need a blog, but you got to do something with it. And same thing on a Facebook page and all the other stuff. The big thing with the social media is when it starts overlapping with the reputation management side and tracking exactly what are people saying about you online and being part of the dialogue versus – Having to hire somebody years later to come in and repair your reputation because you've gotten slandered so bad online.
0: Do you have any um, specific examples? I know that you've uh, shared some in the past. One about uh, uh, from um, from Google uh, Google Places with the guy from the Bronx. There, uh, right? Any? Um, can you maybe talk about that and some other ones that you've seen, and and then maybe a couple pointers on how not to let that happen.
1: Well there's that guy and that he's still the the most glaring example out there and i think the last time i checked it he was up to 21 negative reviews and i just can't believe that he's staying in business with with that kind of a presence online um the funny
0: thing is he's he's still ranking in the top you know in that top sure. seven of uh, uh yeah. of the google places right even though
1: right. they're negative so even though they're negative yeah. the, it's just crazy um There was another one that I saw posted out online where it was a a pastor who had come um, to—he didn't officiate at the service, he just was there attending with a friend, and then turned around and posted a negative review online. So all of a sudden you've got a minister posting this review, and it establishes himself as a minister, which all of a sudden, you know, credibility-wise, that gets huge credibility— and he posts a negative review just because he thought that everybody needed to know. Well, that's just not even remotely reasonable. Um, you know, did he check with the funeral home first to find out why things went that way? And so there's that kind of stuff going on. I've got one client now that um, I noticed recently he's got a bunch of very positive reviews. And, and I had asked him, I said, "How said, how are you getting these reviews? You know, What's your process for getting families to post it? and what he all he's got very simple is he's got a page on his website that's just entitled reviews and it's not where he displays reviews it's where he asks people to click on these links and go to google and post a review for him and you know he's kind of the way he wrote that page is in a way that kind of sets them up for if you have a positive review please go post it mm-hmm. and it's not like he's saying, regardless of what you think of me, go post it. So he sets them up for go post a positive review, and it's working. And people who like his service are going and posting reviews. So whenever he serves a family, he always say, hey, can you go to my review page on the website? And there's some links there that just take you right through to Google, and you can post your, review, your comments out there. It's working great. So, you know, there's, a, there's different strategies to use for posting reviews. Um, it's dangerous for any funeral home owner to just sit there and post their own reviews. You know, that that's just going to get you slammed, yeah. big time. So you know, there's some services out there that'll do it for you, but there's nothing better than getting a family to do it for you, um, just by asking them.
0: And you know, funeral homes by nature get a ton of positive, you know, responses by sure. in cards and and surveys. So it's just someone taking the initiative to following up with them and. Uh, you know, one thing to kind of really shortcut the process that, uh, that I've told clients is anyone with a Gmail account, you know, ask them because they've already, they don't need to create a new account to leave that, right. uh, to leave that post. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, um, now, Hey John, before I let you go, is there, uh, you know, any, uh, any last things that you'd like to let the folks know that, uh, of the, them who are going to be attending, what, what else are they going to learn at your presentation?
1: Well, I think that the, the big thing that will come out of that presentation is I'm going to challenge people right at the beginning of the presentation that they need to make a decision. And that decision comes down to they've got three options available to them. They are either going to have to become the discount firm in their town because somebody's going to do it. The question is who? They either have to become a discount firm and shut down their funeral home um, and just open a storefront and, you know, run as tight to the budget as you can. Or they have to choose another path, which is to stay pursuing traditional funerals, but you've got to find ways to do it at a lower cost structure because that market is just getting brutalized. So if you're going to stay in the traditional funeral business, you've got to understand that the market's getting smaller and smaller and the price point's getting lower and lower. So you've got to be finding ways to cut costs if you're going to stay in traditional and the other third option available to people is to go into what I refer to as the farewell experience strategy, meaning I'm creating a new style of funerals that today's consumers want. And they, for one thing, they don't even want you to call it a funeral. So that's why I call it a farewell experience strategy. And you've got to choose that consciously right up front. Which one of those paths are you going to take? So I'm going to challenge people to choose which path they want to go in life, and then you choose your, build your marketing off of that. But first, what do you want to be five years from now? What kind of firm do you want to be? And based on that decision and that choice, you can then move down through the marketing process.
0: One thing that um, that I found interesting from uh, the, in Canada here, we had the uh, Polara report, which is very similar to the Wordland report. And it's, uh, it came out uh, a year or so ago. And that of all the people they surveyed, uh, over 70%, I don't know, I don't have the number exactly, mm-hmm. but actually the, there was a clip on the funeral gurus website that, um, over 70% of the people surveyed said that they want a celebration of life for themselves. And, you know, my, um, you know, my, my take was, you know, at least just take your traditional funeral that you have on your price list, copy it, paste it below title it celebration of life don't change anything else S- have it at the same price and just to let people know that you offer the same thing because as you said they don't even like the word funeral so right. um you know and that's uh you know uh, g- kind of generally speaking that's the lot the most current uh um information that we found and mm-hmm. um and there's lots of money that people will spend thousands and thousands of dollars on Celebration of Life Services or, or farewells. or.
1: You, you cannot just call it a funeral and think that you're going to get that past somebody now. Um, I've got one client out in uh, Iowa, and he calls it um, One Last Party, uh, which, by the way, he's trademarked, um, which I think was brilliant. But And Nick came out of a conversation with a family where they came in and they, they said that their father was adamant that he didn't want a funeral. And he just responded with, with, well, would he have wanted a party? And they said, absolutely. Well, that has turned into a brilliant marketing strategy for him. And now he doesn't sell funerals anymore. He sells one last parties.
0: <laughs> well, that's cool. <laughs>
1: And he, and he does make them more uplifting, and it's kind of like the the old Irish wake sort of model. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you do that, baby boomers will buy it. Yeah. But if you want to just have a a standard old traditional funeral, boomers don't want it.
0: That's true, and you know they they've been telling us we've just haven't been uh, been the best listeners, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, John, I'm going to let you go. Uh, always okay. great to chat with you, and. uh Look forward to seeing you in Las
1: Vegas. Sounds great. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.
0: I'd like to thank John Callahan from FuneralSuccess.com who is going to be presenting the seven steps for developing a strategic marketing plan at ICCFA's annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada from March 19th to the the 22nd. For more information and registration details, visit www.iccfa.com. Check back soon for another ICCFA pre-conference interview. On behalf of FuneralGurus.com, this is Robin Heppel.